now until Pentecost, the scriptures will alternate from the Psalter reading to a reading from Acts. And, and we're going to do the Psalter readings in different ways. Some of them we're going to read, some of them we're going to sing. We're going to read them in different ways. So today is just simply a call and response sort of reading from Psalm 30. I'll read first, you read the bold. I will extol you, O Lord, for you have drawn me up. And did not let my foes rejoice over me. O Lord, my God, I cried to you for help, and you have healed me. O Lord, you brought me up from Sheol, restored me to life from among those gone down to the pit. Sing praise to the Lord, O you, his faithful ones, and give thanks to his holy name. For his anger is but a moment. His favor is for a lifetime. Weeping may linger for the night, but joy comes in the morning. As for me, I said in my prosperity, shall, I shall never be moved. By your favor, O Lord, you have established me as a strong mountain. You hid your face. I was dismayed. To you, O Lord, I cried, and to the Lord I made supplication. What profit is there in my death? If I go down to the pit, will the dust praise you? Will it tell of your faithfulness? Hear, O Lord, and be gracious to me. The Lord be my helper. You have turned my mourning into dancing. You have taken off my sackcloth and clothed me with joy, so that my soul may be praised you not come. Lord God, I will give thanks to you forever. The Newer Testament reading today is from the ninth chapter of Acts. It is a story which is probably familiar to many of you. Conversion of Saul. Meanwhile, Saul, and get this, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues at Damascus, so that if he found any who belonged to the way, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Now as he was going along and approaching Damascus, suddenly a light from the heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? He asked, Who are you, Lord? And the reply came, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. Get up. 
and enter the city and you will be told what you are to do. The men who were traveling with him stood speechless because they heard the voice but saw no one. Saul got up from the ground. Though his eyes were opened, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. For three days he was without sight and neither ate nor drank. Now there was a disciple in Damascus named Ananias. The Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias, and he answered, Here I am, Lord. The Lord said to him, Get up and go to the street called Straight, and at the house of Judas, look for a man of Tarsus named Saul. At this moment he is praying, and he has seen a vision of a man named Ananias. Come in and lay his hands on him so that he might regain his sight. But Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man. How much evil he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who invoke your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, Go, for he is, an instrument, he is an instrument whom I have chosen to bring my name before the Gentiles and kings and before the people of Israel. I myself will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. So Ananias went and entered the house And he laid his hands on Saul and said, Brother Saul, brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on your way here has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and his sight was restored. Then he got up and was baptized. And after taking some food, he regained his strength. For several days, he was with the disciples in Damascus. And immediately he began to proclaim Jesus in the synagogue, saying, He is the Son of God. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. There is an old story of two monks who were traveling along a a creek bank, riverside. And they came along an old woman who was bewailing the fact that she could not get across the river to the other side. And so they decided, the two of them, to pick her up and carry her on their shoulders across the river to get her where she needed to be. And after doing that, she thanked them and went on her way. As they began to travel on down along the other side of the river, one monk began to gripe and moan. Oh, my back hurts. That old woman was heavier than I thought she was going to be. Oh, it was a lot harder to carry her across the river than it should have been. Oh, my. 
I don't think I can make it all the way to where we're going. That was really hard. And he kept it up all the way that they walked. And finally, he just sat down on the ground and said, I can't go anymore. I'm exhausted. She wore me out. It's at this point that the second monk turned to him and said, you know what your problem is? You always love those people that say, you know what your problem is? You know what your problem is? He said, no. He said, and by the way, why aren't you complaining about this? Why aren't you sitting here on the ground with me? Aren't you tired from carrying that woman across the river? And he said, no. You know, I left her about five miles back when she got off my shoulders. You have been carrying her all this way. That's the way bitterness is in us. We could leave it five miles back, but there's something in us that likes to carry it along. To let it fester with us, to let it grow. You have wronged me, and so... I'm going to carry it. Make sure that everybody around me knows. Let it fester in me. Let it grow until it's great and big and really bitter. Saul is that guy in this story. You have to pay close attention to how this starts. Meanwhile, Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord. Saul has decided that the disciples of the Lord, that Jesus' followers are so dangerous, so awful, so hideous, that he has to kill them, that he has to make sure that they're tried made an example of. And he's breathing threats and murder. Now you have to know a little bit of something about the Hebrew Bible to know where that takes you, but in the Hebrew Bible, breath is always life. His whole life was about threats and murder. He is so embittered, he can't see anything else. The bitterness has overtaken him. He is an apt contrast to Ananias. Ananias' issue isn't bitterness, it's fear. Ananias knows what Paul is doing to followers of Jesus, and he is known to be one. Surely Ananias is among those on the list for Paul to take bound to Jerusalem so the chief priests can beat him and humiliate him and imprison him and probably kill him. And he's afraid. 
He has a clear vision from God that tells him what to do. And he is so afraid, he argues with God about whether or not he should do it. He's terrified. You know, there's another corny old story that pastors use in their sermons about a king who meets a criminal who the king is going to put to death. And he says, I'll give you a choice. Hanging by the rope or whatever's behind the dark steel gate. And the criminal chooses hanging by the rope. And as the noose is put around his neck, he says to the king, King, I got to know. What's behind the gate? I mean, really, look, I got a noose around my neck. I'm not going to tell anybody. What, what's over there? And the king chuckles to himself and he says, you know, most people choose the noose. Because they're afraid of what's behind the gate. They're afraid of the unknown. And the criminal said, me too. That's why I did it. But you got to tell me what's over there. And the king said, freedom. The gate was the way out. But fear of the unknown kept most from choosing the wrong thing. Ananias is trapped by his fear and Paul is being absorbed by his bitterness. And both of them encounter the risen, living Christ. Who changes them forever. Changes them forever. Paul has to sit in his bitterness for a while, blind to that which is going on around him. But he's praying and he's fasting and he knows that the risen Christ has met him on the road. Ananias has seen a vision of the risen Christ and he's afraid to go forward, but he does it anyway. Because knowing and having encountered Jesus as he has gives him the strength to overcome his fear. Gives Paul, Saul, the ability to quell his bitterness. So I don't know what you're holding today. Bitterness, fear, anger, resentment, shame, guilt. But I do know this. The risen Christ 
can give you the confidence to step forward into new life. Behold, the old life is gone and a new life has begun through Christ our Lord. Amen.